0: Welcome to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. I'm your host, Wyndham Lewis, and I'm here with my two brothers, Jeremy Sartori and Christian Lewis. Today, we're introducing a new segment, the Pantheon of Hate. You can learn more about the pod at brotherpod.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and it's extremely helpful if you rate and review us on iTunes. Now, let's welcome the inaugural class of the Brother, Brother, Brother's Pantheon of Hate. Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. I'm your host, Wyndham Lewis. I'm here with my two brothers, Jeremy Sertori and Christian Lewis. And today we are introducing to our listeners something that we have uh, long held uh, privately um, and have been dying to share with people. And I'm not going to give a, a huge run-up to this one. I'm just going to say, uh, welcome to the Pantheon of Hate, everybody. And this is um, essentially, a hall of fame of sucking, um, where we will um, we will have the segment uh, periodically, and each of us will induct a new member into the pantheon of hate. But just to kick it off, I thought um, all three of us should in, to have should induct uh, an artist this time, and it will be our inaugural class of
1: the pantheon of hate, which will grow and
0: grow like our yeah. I, th- I think 10 best of, songs um, list.
1: Of after seventy five episodes of white knuckling our way through uh, positivity and um, you know speaking highly and enthusiastically about music that we like, which is true, um, it, it was you know brought to our attention by by several fans we know personally um, that we are a lot funnier when we talk about shit we hate. Um, so we'll uh, we'll yeah we'll try not to we'll try not to set the bar too high. But I I would just go back I think a couple years to, to um, when we were first discussing this on on text message, and we we sort of started throwing out um, you know it was really sort of uh, creating like our own independent rock hall of fame. Um, but that very quickly devolved into listing precisely what would be like the most you know vile offense that a that a musician could possibly commit um and you know there are it's a it's a it's a large uh, a large collection but today we will start with our first three i think
0: yeah and and um, and much like uh Jan Wenner with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame we will um, begin a capital campaign to turn this into a physical building with a
1: uh... <laughs> it's going to be in Florida <laughs> yeah <laughs> Funny you should say that. We've
2: already picked out Jacksonville, I believe. Um,
1: yeah, no, I, I definitely think that suburban Jacksonville uh, has Pantheon of Hate written all over it. So um.
2: It's, it's going to be in the, the bathroom of a Publix in Jacksonville, I believe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the, the Pantheon of Hate, just to just to sort of give people, a, you know, it's fairly obvious from, from uh, the introduction, what that is but basically it's different from sort of casual dislike or mediocrity i mean these aren't you know there are songs that i hate by artists that i love there are artists that i hate that have had that have gotten lucky and and made a great song these are people who these are artists that i really just uh universally sort of blanketly hate
1: their entire being um and I it's think a, we, we my, once described it as a, as a musician or an artist that, you know, the world would actually just be a better place empirically if it had never happened.
0: And really, and, and just to add to that, my, you know, my uh, definition, by definition, you know, this is any band or artist that would make you drive off the side of the road diving <laughs> for your car stereo to turn the station. It um, would be worth the
1: six weeks in hospital.
0: Yeah, it's it's it, it, anyway. Might that, even
2: be worth never hearing again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so this is unlike our uh, unlike our, uh, you know, eight million ten best songs of all time, which is a uh, progressive build onto the greatest playlist of all time. These are people after today we will never speak of again. You said
1: That's right, CeeLo said it best, fuck you to the uh, newest inductees of um, the Pantheon of Hate. And uh, I think to kick this off, Wyndham, um, we'll start with you, uh, and and we are very eager to hear uh, who you have for us, um, who, who is the lucky recipient of this uh, prestigious initial. honor.
0: This is the initial uh, induction uh, class of Pantheon of Hate, and given that I've been on this earth the longest and had to suffer through this... Um, saggy sack of shit uh, for <laughs> the greatest period of time um, I'm going first and without further ado I'm inducting Jimmy Buffett oh into nice. the Pantheon <laughs> of Hate um, he's the quarterback I believe of the Pantheon of Hate team. <laughs> so Jimmy Buffett uh, I'm basing this on a, you know, a, a wide variety of criteria um, it's a, almost inexhaustible but It is Jimmy Buffett's music, the fact that every Jimmy Buffett fan likes the same 10 goddamn songs that get played at every show, that Jimmy Buffett has this relationship with his fans wherein basically he dictates the one day of year that they have fun. Um, You know, beginning of the year, the tour schedule comes out, they circle a Tuesday or Thursday or a Saturday, which are the only days his lazy-ass plays. Um... And they toss on their jorts and their Tommy Bahama shirt and their mustaches. And they head down and to their, Jiffy
1: Lube Live
0: and their <laughs> croakies and their Oakleys and uh, head down.
1: Don't forget, to, um, don't
2: forget the fins, when.
1: Oh, I will not forget the fins. Don't forget their the hats, flabby fucking arms, and their <laughs> tank tops.
2: Yeah, it's. I mean, it, you know, it's it, a sunburn crowd. For as much as they're out in the sun, oh, this is God. this is basically
1: <laughs> the march of the
0: jugglos for people who survive past their thirty-fifth birthday. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. No, th- I mean this is such a wonderful pick and and thank you for uh for bringing Jimmy Buffett up. Um I think uh he's the only um sort of cultural relic uh that I could describe as representing the Gulf Coast. Yeah. Um <laughs> like it- there isn't really anything else that like claims that as their mantle, is there?
0: No, and it's it's no. not even like East Coast Florida. It's not even like pretentious, knobby Florida. It's like Resigned, Midwestern Florida. <laughs> it's it's party barge, Florida. Yeah, it's the Panhandle of Florida. <laughs> it's 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 that too. But you know, here's you know, it was always my t- you know my joke. It's, forever a, it's about, a
2: pontoon boat. Yeah.
0: <laughs> my joke about Buffett was always that his fans wore thirty five dollars sunglasses, and and that is you know I think absolutely a fitting portrait. These are. You know, these aren't people who would buy $5 glasses and make them look good, and these aren't people who would buy $100 glasses that make them look good. It's, it's the 35, it's the middle section of everything. And the fact is, you know, these are people who, who have, who still have, I was going to say in the past tense, but people who still have a CD tree in their living yes. room with more than 15 Greatest Hits albums on it.
2: And on top, it's is actually Buffett's greatest. Does Buffett even have albums? Because I feel like the greatest hits is about. Well, that's the funny thing is I, I actually
0: went back. I went in and did a deep dive today and read about um, the songs, the playlist, or sorry, the set list that he puts together. And there is something called the Big Eight, which can sometimes be stretched uh, to the Big Twelve or the Big Ten. <laughs> <laughs> And they are cheeseburger. Do you pay
2: extra for the Big Ten tickets. Cheeseburger in
0: Paradise, like... Margaritaville, Finns, Son of a Sailor, uh. Son of a Son of a Sailor, Changes in Latitudes, Changes in Attitudes. Uh. Pirate oh, I hate looks that at song 40. so much.
2: I hate that name. So Come much. Monday,
0: which I will, yeah, I will at least. No, concede don't do it. That's a, that it is his best song, not that it is a good <laughs> oh, yeah. song, but yeah. it is his best song. Why don't we get drunk and screw? Which I had forgotten about, and of course, Did you write that.
2: Or is that a, just a cover that he does? I, I think that's him. Like, who is else, else would have okay.
0: done? And mm-hmm. then I, the one I'd forgotten about is Volcano, which he sings mm-hmm. with this sort of like faux Caribbean patois. No, I, I don't know what that
1: is. Don't, yes, you do.
0: Me. I don't oh, know. Okay. I don't know. I don't know where I'ma to go when the volcano
1: blows. Oh. Oh. Fuck Ooh. yeah, do you know that. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that song. <laughs> the song I
0: didn't. I didn't realize oh. Fins was titled Fins. That's a terrible. That's the dance to your left, oh, dance yeah. to your the right, dance and you're right. the only. Yep um uh, anyway
2: uh, and, it's, and, and, i mean buffett's one of those guys just to jump in that i remember as a as a young kid and you know you kind of get into sort of classic rock early you know zeppelin who and and inevitably somebody has Buffett's greatest hits via their parents. And I just vividly remember hearing Cheeseburger in Paradise and being like, that is the fucking stupidest song (laughs) I've ever heard in my life. And it was a great, you know, way to sort of realize that, like, we are not going to be friends long. Yeah, It's, yeah. it's a good dividing line. Yeah, absolutely. You, you definitely know who's on the Buffett side and who's not.
1: Yeah, no, no, I'm not going to hang out with these people. Yeah. I can't do this anymore.
2: But going, um, going
1: back, one thing that I did notice
0: about Buffett when I started listening to these songs, and I'd never really put this together before, he is essentially the blueprint for modern country radio.
2: Hmm.
0: It's There's a lot more sort of like... Explain. attempt. Well, there's a lot of attempts at riffage. Um, it's sort of, uh, you know, it's the sort of thrown together, but I don't know the steel drum, though, the steel drum is what the... differentiates. And I will, okay, I will that's give you the that island. Sorry. That's the, that's the island creeping in the, Oh Lordy. We're back in Key West. <laughs> Have you guys ever been to Key West? It's like the fucking sidewalk. No, it's like the sidewalk Dude, no, pew capital can't. of America or <laughs> the world, I think, um, and there's a sign there that says, you know, you are now at the southernmost point in the continental United States. Which should read, "You are now at the lowest point <laughs> of <laughs> your life, life.
1: <laughs> the <laughs> northest point of Haiti." Um, yeah, no, I mean it really is like a. Um, I, I'm not sure. I did. I didn't know that it was such a sloppy place uh,
2: because I'd never thought about it.
0: Yeah, it's like it's where it's like where fifty-year-olds like vomit on the street.
2: It's the Bubba Gump shrimp. Of, yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: And then also, you know, Restaurant I mean you know, the other thing I realize is that he's got steel drums in a lot of his songs, and um, yeah. his song his music is referred to it sometimes as golf and western as opposed to country mm. and western. But mm. steel drums are one of those things It doesn't even that, make sense. Well, I realize that steel drums have <laughs> well, a, a lot of fans you play golf <laughs> certain place. Oh wait, the golf. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They but there, there's a certain place that steel drums occupy, and that is when you've landed in the Bahamas and you've had just enough to drink and it's sunny out and it's winter back home and you're like, I'm you're not even... You're sporting
2: your nicest Tommy Bahama. But and I'm you're not drunk even...
1: at 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, well, that's true.
0: Um, but, th- you know, that I'm not even going to be that angry because, you know, I'm in the Bahamas. And I don't feel the same way about Jimmy Buffett music because it's... In-
1: very well, infrequently that I'm in the Bahamas when this happens. It's like
2: reggae, right? I mean, like, reggae definitely has its... Uh, I mean, it has some high points. Right? I
1: can I can point but, to one really, like, in my opinion, good use of steel drums in the last two decades, or, you know, and that was uh, Soldier Boy, Crank That Shit. Um, and Jane says by uh, Jane's Addiction.
2: Right, but. Yeah, Jane's Addiction, definitely. Oh,
1: yeah, good call. Um,
0: but, anyway. the but actually, that was more than two music. decades ago, so... Yeah. <laughs> No, nope, you are correct. Um, but yeah, the, so uh, this is my, you know, the bottom line is, um, you know, Jimmy Use Buffett. Use the steel
1: drums sparingly, folks. <laughs> don't yeah, don't but, find a way to incorporate them into every song.
0: But Jimmy Buffett fans are essentially looking for the same experience every time
1: they go to a Jimmy yeah. Buffett
0: concert. And, well, can can we take theater. a moment
1: to reflect on the fact that the songs are also like the same swingy, lazy, bullshit, like, Mm -hmm. just slower than mid-tempo because I don't remember the words otherwise. Um, You know, it really is something that, like, you need to hear one time before those words are just seared into your mind.
0: Yeah. Um, I I sadly remember when these were hit, uh, when they were actually charting charting it on the radio. radio. Um,
2: it was yeah, a I think dis- Christian and I have been stuck with hearing drunk people blurt them out in <laughs> and awful college bars and yeah, yeah and and, Pits- beach towns. and
0: like Pittsburgh Steelers tailgate parking lots yeah, yeah. yes anyway um, I, I, can we I, sorry, I, res- do I don't it? have enough bile in my reserve to uh, continue on with this conversation so
2: well I, well one thing quickly I just did you touch on fashion? can we just talk fashion for two seconds?
0: please yeah.
2: I mean, is there an un... I mean, could you get a worse-looking crowd than a Jimmy Buffett concert? I and mean, can we name one? Mm,
0: exactly. Thank
2: you. <laughs> <laughs> Bell and Sebastian
1: was pretty... Uh, but, yeah, no, I'm mean, fair I sure, but, I mean... But, on, like, yeah, know? hipster nerds, exactly.
2: Beer bellies and Tommy Bahama shirts with... Uh, I think you mentioned croquis before. But Wayne this isn't, it's like... It, it's
1: not, like, active fashion. It's, like... This is what happens when
2: you have, when you, you really don't give a shit about fashion. And golf shirts every day, and then you know get to let loose with a Hawaiian shirt. Basically, mm-hmm. it's painful. Sorry, it's, I didn't mean to. Scar- no, no, no. no. Fashion,
0: it's, but. it's it's
1: very painful, and let's uh, let's not speak of this again. So, so can I just can I just highlight one thing that kind of grinds my gears about this guy, um, and that is the fact that everybody who wants to remark positively or semi-positively about him which is not to say his fans because those people just love it and spew it out of any speaker they can find well no Um, I'll, i'll
0: give you the scenario which is when you're someplace and you are confronted with a jimmy buffett fan and you are in a position or a social engagement where it's not um it's it wouldn't be smiled upon to be a complete
1: dick for instance, is, the funeral of a close family member. Exactly. <laughs> like, at which point you say, oh, yeah, Jimmy Buffett's playing next week. He's a
0: pretty shrewd businessman. <laughs>
1: uh, exactly. <laughs> it just it drives me fucking nuts. Like, it's the first thing anybody says when they have to be polite.
0: Yeah. When, um, they, when you can't and, you say know, anything nice at all, say
1: you can't Jimmy say anything Buffett. anything
0: about his music.
1: <laughs> Jimmy Buffett is a good businessman. Uh, yes. So He seems rich. <laughs> <laughs> and that's pretty much all I have to say about him. Uh, end of yeah. conversation. I'm sure he has a gigantic house
0: on the Gulf Coast. And a really big party barge. Alright, well let's take a quick break and then we'll come back uh, and let's let's listen to a little steel drum-driven Jimmy Buffett and we'll come back and we will induct Jeremy's choice.
2: Steel drum torture.
0: Welcome back to the Brother 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 podcast and our initial um, induction ceremony for the uh, Pantheon of Hate. And next up, we have Jeremy, who is inducting.
2: Drum roll. So if Wyndham had the quarterback of the uh, the Pantheon of Hate team, I'm uh, I'm inducting the backup, third string, actually, backup <laughs> quarterback, and uh, and Billy Joel. So mm. um, Billy Joel. Great. I was trying to think, so we, we talk about this a lot, and I was thinking to myself, like, okay, you know, there's lots of groups, people, musicians, <laughs> people in general say as well, that I just hate, and uh i got i you know, I had to come to like the conclusion and, and thank you, Wyn Buffett is certainly on that list, but like that I just fucking can't even find one redeeming quality about. I can't even think of, like, one song that I kind of like or want to ever hear. Can, can and, I uh, can
1: I back our way into this conversation and just add that, like, the most recent Billy Joel-related thing that I learned was the fact that I was watching Food Network and a 28-year-old uh, <laughs> woman who has a morning talk show on the Food Network, Katie Lee, uh, was his most recent wife. Um, she's younger than all of his children, and, um, yeah, I mean, they lasted about six really uncomfortable years, I can only imagine, um, before she got the fuck out of there and managed to find her way onto television, so congratulations. We
0: kept driving into trees out in Long Island. Yeah, Um, well,
2: he's a Long Island boy, born in the Bronx, lived in uh, suburban Long Island, and actually, in, in kind of looking at... Joel's uh, biography and career, which I've avoided most of my life as much as I try to avoid his music, I I did learn today that he was formerly, you know, his first first jaunt into music was a uh, a failed band called Attila. And if you ever get to see this, I actually suggest that you all look up the album cover for Attila because it's him and another guy dressed up as knights and basically, I think, standing around with slabs (laughs) of, of animal carcass. Um, but the best part, and I really, you know, don't say this about a lot of people, was that at the failure of Attila, Billy Joel tried to take his life by apparently, and, and we can we can debate whether we believe this or not, drinking a bottle of furniture polish and going through <laughs> <laughs> a failed suicide. So not only did Attila fail, apparently uh, Billy Joel's suicide failed, and you know, unfortunately for all of us. In 1971, he, he decided to go solo. <laughs> yeah,
1: he, he he failed the pledge challenge. So,
2: um. <laughs> let's jump into Billy Joel's fucking, uh, so you know, pantheon of... of
1: staggering to his piano, uh, <laughs> reeking of pine salt.
2: <laughs> after polishing his piano with his uh, vomited, uh, failed suicide attempt, um, you know, in 71, he hit the scene, and, and I think, you know, right off the bat, you know, let's just say Piano Man, like... I don't even know if it's his first single, but it's certainly the first song I I can think of that I've hated my entire existence. Um, Not only is that song just fucking painful to sit through and listen to, it's also a song that every ass-fucking-faced piano player in any bar (laughs) you've ever been in plays with a fucking jaunty sing-along by all the Buffett fans.
0: It um, also it also is uh, it does frequently become a sing along at the end of at the end of long nights in shitty uh, New York, New Jersey. Well, that's what I was uh, going to say. Okay,
1: I, I don't want to get ahead of you, and and I <laughs> I believe that you are going to get to this, but I have to just say like it's it the fucking problem is that it's like Broadway, it like it's yeah, it's like so musical theater. Okay, yeah,
2: exactly. Right. So. <laughs> Also, having grown up in the tri-state area for for a decent part of my life, I mean, this guy is kind of... I mean, he's always critically bashed, rightfully so. But as we all know, especially on this pod, that really doesn't matter.
1: Social arbiters of taste
2: <laughs> have being, collectively formed consensus that he is a complete asshole. Being one of the best-selling artists, you know, ever. But, like, also a guy that, you know, A, being stuck in New Jersey a lot of my life, and to your point, Wyndham, you know, just a, a fucking never-ending... Uh, you know, barrage of Billy Joel, sing-alongs. People genuinely love this guy in that area. I mean, he sells out MSG all the time. Also, though, being of the video age, I mean, he really came about, I mean, certainly in the 70s, but he seemed to have a lot of, I mean, all those 70s songs seemed to have videos as well, really visual. And then the 80s, you know, you were just Uh. stuck with, I mean, so much Billy Joel. He's fucking ugly. And he's (laughs) also... (laughs) I'm sorry, like, you can be ugly and be a rocker, you know, love you Keith Richards, but like, there's just nothing cool about the guy, and to Christian's point, like, I don't know, I always found him to be kind of this sort of like, working class hero of the Long Island, Jersey world, but he really is just a fucking show tune, I mean, it's Broadway music, done poorly with fucking horrible lyrics. By the way, to put this in perspective...
1: To to put this in perspective, like the, the the good version of, of what I think is still a little bit campy and a little bit self serious is Bruce Springsteen. Like he does the same kind of working class hero, yeah. um, like anthemic uh, stuff. He just doesn't make it sound like Beauty and the Fucking Beast. Um, and
2: <laughs> well, and I think Bruce Springsteen too comes from a love of rock and roll, 50s rock and roll, Phil Spector, but where Billy Joel comes from a love Irving of Berlin.
1: Sh- did, yeah. did did you not know that that he decided to embark upon a musical career and abandon his uh adolescent street gangs when he heard <laughs> the Beatles? Is there any more basic bitch story than that? Which is he heard the Beatles on Ed Sullivan it's and like, was like I must learn to play the piano.
2: You were you were your mom was making you do piano lessons every day all day and staying out of the streets. But let's just talk about some of the songs. I mean, I there's not a song I hate and I really mean this. Like <laughs> Hate more than Captain Jack. Oh, <laughs> uh, like is that not the fucking? That song is, is
0: it's bottom cooking, five.
2: Oh my god, it's like it's scraping. It's like the fucking bottom feeding pantheon of shit. And the lyrics, I mean, the the line about masturbating. It's uh. just like oh, it's so <laughs> fucking painful. Just the way you are. I mean, Uptown Girl. Not only did this guy ruin music in general. He also ruined genres. I mean, he would take like a, you know, <laughs> barbershop quartet song and fuck it up. Do a fucking bar ballad and yeah, do up, fuck it up and then he'd try and <laughs> rock and then he'd synth that with like under pressure, you know, Or pressure, sorry. Or,
1: or to your point earlier about Attila, I have the note here that Joel played his organ through a variety of effects pedals oh. creating a heavy psychedelic hard rock album completely without guitars. And that's
2: why he just Why up as would you nice. do that? <laughs> And then drank fucking furniture polish. So, I mean, honestly, <laughs> the world would be a better place if that if he had drank something a little stronger than, than furniture polish. But I also had to, like, live with Joel in the 90s. So, um, I don't know what you would call We Didn't Start the Fire, <laughs> um, except for a massive hit that was on MTV. So, I mean, here's something Christian probably didn't live through, like... There was a point where, you know, MTV, Don Henley, who will... will I'm sorry, I didn't mean to jump ahead to another Pantheon <laughs> episode. I'll back up. But where Billy <laughs> and Joel, We Didn't Start the Fire, was... I mean, that was played more than, you know, Michael Jackson or Bobby Brown. I mean, that that's all was on all the time. And it's so fucking lazy. So, uh, like... And it was just thought of as so edgy, you know, Billy, like in his black suit.
0: <laughs> it was like, poor man's end of the world as we know it, which was poor man's subterranean homesick blues.
2: Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Yeah, it was definitely poor man's subterranean homesick blues, and it was so on the nose, so embarrassing. I mean, moving out the longest time. Uh, I mean, there's just not. Italian. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was? That? Uh, yeah, it's only rock and roll. It's like. Wait, not sorry, not it's only rock and roll. I got that wrong. it's only rock and roll. Yeah, it Still is. It's rock only and rock roll. and roll. Still, Still rock and roll. You can't sing a song about rock and roll that doesn't Allentown. fucking rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you just can't. No, Allentown is, you know, his, his little plea to the, the miners of Allentown. And, he you know, Billy Joel just strikes me as, like, a, you know, and I'm going to say, like, just a, a bratty New York suburb kid who literally was, like, pounding away at the piano all day and then invented himself as this kind of, like, Streetwise, Broadway, you know, guy. I mean, he stole, you know, managed to somehow bed... Christy Brinkley, and, and then, you know, has gone on to, you know, marry kid women younger than his uh, his children. And he can still, he'll do five or seven nights in fucking Madison Square Garden and play the same, like Jimmy Buffett. I mean, he's another guy that...
1: The same people like both yeah, of these musicians, and Joel, by the way. and maybe
2: we can just call it the Greatest Hits Club. These guys definitely, because it's another one on, he's, he's under Buffett, actually, on your CD tree with but Billy I, Joel's Greatest Hits, Piano Man.
0: Here's the thing. I think, and I'm not arguing in favor of Billy Joel, but I think Billy Joel will play a deep cut off an album and his fans will like it. Buffett's fans would be like, why isn't he playing the hits?
2: Yeah, I mean, fine, and and I would call what like Captain Jack a deep cut. No, I don't think he's gonna It was go.
1: single, but yeah. Buffett concert, it would just create the largest stampede toward the bar that you could possibly imagine. Like, um, by largest, don't, don't, we just mean weight wise. Yeah, <laughs> and don't don't forget, of course, you you, you haven't mentioned yet his uh, his brief um, sort of dalliance into a political persona when early in his career in the nineteen seventies, he he stated that he only sweated two things perfecting his music, and the Vietnam War. And I think we know which the bigger tragedy is.
2: Oh, my God. He's so deep. Um, yeah. You know you what know,
1: I've, I've come to realize is that,
0: you know, Billy Joel is the is the music of Long Island, but Billy Joel's also the musical equivalent of Long Island. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Stay on the island, please. Um, yeah, I mean, so Billy Joel, I think, is, is very fitting as a second inductee. I mean, again, like, I just stream over his hit songs his deep cuts and you know i I think we said it early on it's not hard for me to find i mean shit like we joke about the grateful dead there's some good grateful dead songs i'm gonna say it even if they go on the hate list there's some good weezer songs another band i hate there's you know there's a lot of bands that i I dislike um and it's really hard it's hard to fuck
1: up a hundred percent of the time (laughs)
2: yeah and it's hard for someone (laughs) It's prolific if this all you famous, do is yeah. write
1: melodies, like for Christ's sake, like you might not fuck up once.
2: And you know, I think Billy Joel probably could sustain a serious radio station, just like fucking. Uh, I'm F- sure he has Buffer one. Could. And Kenny Chesney.
1: By the way, oh, wait. It's by the way, classic
2: radio in the tri-state. What area, is his sorry. real name? Does anybody know? No, <laughs> mm. it's
1: not Billy Joel. I don't think he's ever presumably. let that
2: out. But
1: right. he is
2: described as Tin Pan Alley Broadway melodies. <laughs> Uh, I think I'm gonna send Billy Joel some, uh, you know, wood polish for his for <laughs> his for his, uh,
1: for his, uh, for his next uh, as his next wedding gift. Um, i I also I'd like to just thank PBS for never including him in a fundraiser drive. It's like, you actually, you know, are pretty indiscriminate about this kind of stuff, and this seems like it would be right up your alley. Um, but truly, uh, uh, the world thanks you.
2: And I th- think, I'm going to defend Buffett here a little bit. I think un- unlike Buffett, <laughs> who probably really doesn't take his shit very seriously and knows that he's fleeced the world with his garbage, I've always thought Billy Joel just thinks of himself as such a fucking quality songwriter. Well, I, and he's, he's, the, he's the guy who's never won the Oscar, who's just pissed. He's, you know, that, uh, that he's never, never gotten there, you know, Direction. that he's never. I yeah. will
0: say I will say this. I remember seeing an interview with him back in the probably the 80s or uh, probably mid 80s where he said he said he was giving up writing rock songs because he didn't think of himself in the same um, way as like a Rolling Stones or Beatles. He thought of himself more of like a Cole Porter or Irving Berlin.
2: Oh yes, that sounds very Joel.
0: So <laughs> shut the fuck up. There's no <laughs> pretension. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, sorry.
2: Greatest Hits Volume One and Two. I forgot. he's was uh, yeah, two let's, volumes let's, of hits. Let's,
0: let's let's put this let's put this fucker to bed.
2: Let's start <laughs> let's start Billy Joel on fire and take yeah. a break. <laughs> Welcome back to the Brother Brother Pod. Brother 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 Pod, sorry, right, we're all three of us here together, and we're introducing uh, one of our favorite things to talk about, our pantheon of hate. And uh, First two inductees, I think, are, are well-deserving, uh, probably on Mount Rushmore, Jimmy Buffett and Billy Joel, and now it's- uh,
1: Fucking hideous mugs <laughs> chiseled on <along laughs> some mountain of- uh...
2: <laughs> multicolored Play-Doh set Petrified that some shit. kid is, <laughs> has left out too long. He's gotten hard. Sorry. Um, we're going to let young Christian uh, enter the third inductee here. Well, you know, I, I got,
1: I'm, in, I'm interested in the fact that, uh, you know, both of the inductees um, so far are solo artists. And I would agree that I think it, it does, you know, there, there is a sort of a, a personality like an individualism um, about these guys that that um, lets you hate them just that little bit extra. Um, but, but I think it's important, uh, particularly for sort of my generation of um, shit listening, uh, to, to recognize that really it was, it was a radio that was, that was dominated by bands in the, um, in the latter half of the 1990s um, when I was first discovering that I had taste. Um, and I, I will say, I went back and I spent two full, consecutive, unbroken hours listening to this shit today. Um, and I would like to induct Creed, a.k.a. a shot of Nickelback with a Jesus Christ chaser, <laughs> a.k.a. the derivative quasi-Christian rock version of Pearl Jam that cruised in the high album sales of the late 1990s and took their shitty generic drivel to new heights. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think there are a couple of reasons why um, these guys suck so unbelievably badly. Um, and, you know, I I hate this band. Um, And, and, you know, I think that the the cool part is uh, I'm not alone. Um, You know, despite their massive album sales, um, a lot of people really don't like these guys. Uh, Making them, you know, prime candidates for the pantheon of hate. The world has spoken. Go die. Um, this is a band that was so hated that their own fans sued them after a famously bad show in Chicago in <laughs> 2003. Um,
2: that's fucking hateable.
1: Their lead singer, Scott Staff, is so despised that when a video surfaced of him getting a blowjob next to Kid Rock, Kid Rock said he was mainly embarrassed that people learned he was hanging out with Scott <laughs> Staff. <laughs> uh, excuse me, that's Senator Rock. Um, <clears throat> But, uh, I mean, you know, it, back in, like, 2000, these guys could literally sell out arenas within seconds, um, and, and the lines were, you know, a mile long uh, as people were, were queuing up to, to buy tickets. Um, but thankfully, by 2012, that moment had passed, um, and sales to, uh, to a show that they, they uh, threw in, in Birmingham, um, England, uh, were so... Utterly abysmal um, that the ticket prices were lowered to seventy-five cents a week before the show, and you know if, if you're trying to puzzle out the economics of this, <laughs> this literally does not cover the cost of the employees in that building that night. Um, so that's a that's an utter fucking failure. Like you should not leave live performances in debt. Um, so the thick troglodytic features of <laughs> Scott <death> staff. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they were pay- paying fans to come into the show.
1: Literally. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think there's a, on, onto my, my, uh, second pillar of why this band sucks. Um, they sucked other bands into the shit storm of their music, uh, and managed to be really successful. Now, this is, this is where, like, I'm, I'm going to broaden my horizons a little bit here and talk about the fact that this, this came at a, at a, you know, pretty critical juncture in the post Nirvana era. Um, Nirvana, of course, uh was, I think this is an appropriate time to refer to a band as a, as a supernova, right? I mean, they were so huge, so quickly, um, so primal and, and such a force of nature, um, and then they were gone. And into this vacuum piled just utterly fucking idiotic versions of, um, you know, sort of rehashed versions of their music. And, uh, you know, I, I think... Um, it, it led to a sort of a, a level of commercial success built on sort of some of the features or characteristics of grunge, but really that had nothing to do with grunge at all anymore. Um, and and this ultimately became the Ozfest tour um, and attracted every uh, like you know whippets huffing fucking metalhead within two hundred <laughs> miles. Um, and you know, I, I think the the real tragedy though was that otherwise good groups got got sucked into this mess. And and I would point to two things in particular. One was two thousand Cypress Hill Skull and Bones album. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this one. This is actually a, tragically the first Cypress Hill album that I owned, um, and I thought they sucked uh, until I discovered they didn't. Um, but Bones was a disc of rap metal songs that featured Everlast, deaf tones, Rage Against the Machine. It um, yeah, just
2: never worked. The whole like rap metal, yeah, because it it's up. fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, I mean, yeah, no, it's it's yeah. I mean, look, Rage Against the Machine. I don't know how it works, but it works. Um, I don't love Lincoln Park, but I get that it. But I see that nothing really sounded like it, and okay, um, you know that's a that's fair enough. Um, but yeah, Limp Biscuit guys. I mean, come yeah. on. Cool. There, there's there's an episode. There's an episode about this at some point. But in any event, um, I, I do. I, I chalk this up to the fact that Creed was literally so successful moving units that um, all of a sudden record labels like major labels were literally they were just picking people out of the crowd. Anybody who had past success and saying, "What can you do that sounds like this band?" They they sold so many fucking albums in the first couple of years. Um, and, and in particular, this was centered around 1999's release of Human Clay, um, which
2: is just terrible. Yeah.
1: So, okay, all right. Now, the third pillar um, of the reason this band sucks is its lyrical content. And just to put in perspective, um, normal shitty new metal lyrics are something to the effect of, I hate my daddy. Wah, wah, wah. I'm drowning. Wah, wah, wah. Um, do you know how it feels to be face down in a rotting corpse, drowning? Wah, wah, wah. Blood. Wah, wah, wah. I'm ashamed of who I am. I hate you. Uh, and I'm dying and I'm crying. Um, and now Creed lyrics, they, they added this interesting, this little twist, which was that at the end of all of that, they would just throw in a line that said, and I'm on my knees praying till I cry. Um and they have a song called "Bread of Shame."
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah, it was certainly a loaf. Is
2: that
1: raw bread? <laughs> <laughs> um, now I, I think okay. The the next thing, and, and this is where I I would like to open it up to you guys. I'm sorry, I realize I've been I've been kind of uh have been hating on Creed. Uh, I, it's I, there's a, 2 hours. Like 2 hours I sat <laughs> well, here you, thinking about this shit. You're the, you're what the other reasons one that's do ever, I hate this guy?
0: Uh, that is as familiar with the Creed catalog enough to uh
2: to really, you know,
1: Oh yeah, let me let me take a let me take a brief moment to, when, to when thank DC One completely
2: block <laughs> bands like Creed out of our fucking. I would like
1: existence. to thank DC 101 for reminding me of the fact that I have good taste every time I go back to visit my mother in DC because uh, they continue to play Creed. Oh. Thank you, Clear Channel. <laughs> How would, um, sorry, go ahead. No, no, just I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the fashion choices, and you know, I, I think it was a it must have been like a Creed pre um to have some kind of foul, uh, like fangled attempt at at creative facial hair um, oh, that yeah. sort of too frequently, like it just sort of it had this like ass end of a hamster, like perched on the end of a Soul chin, patch. like a like yeah, it was like which a is st-
0: short for asshole patch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a steel wool, like tuft of butt hair. <laughs> <laughs> um but also let's let's not forget the frosted highlights. Um
2: Yeah, they were big on that. I think like a chain necklace, the oversized sports jerseys. Your shirt buttoned down to the middle.
1: Just the overstyled greasy long hair. Yep. Ugh.
2: But it was bad. It was like rock fashion. But it they also, like,
0: it wasn't just the greasy hair. It was the number of times you either flipped it or pulled it back during yeah. a, the during it, the span of a chorus.
2: It wasn't Kurt Cobain greasy hair where the dude just didn't wash his hair for a week. It was greasy <laughs> hair. Stylized like, greasy like stylized greasy yeah, hair. Yeah, it was like gel grease. Yeah, and there was probably a product greased. called like greasy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I also got to say like, so I know you mentioned Nirvana, but having grown up kind of in the height of Nirvana and Pearl Jam for that matter. I mean, this guy is responsible for taking the Eddie, Eddie Vedder voice and, you know, a band that like, like Pearl Jam or hate Pearl Jam, I, I tend to kind of sort of roll down the middle there. Um, they certainly were a, a band, a, a force when they came out and, and definitely had like critical acclaim and, and, you know, did their own thing. But Creed You're took that...
1: To Pearl Jam? Pearl
2: Jam, yes. Okay. And moving into Creed, I mean, that guy... I was about to attack you physically. Completely <laughs> mimicked Eddie Vedder's voice 100%. To the point where, well, I think when I first yeah. heard Creed, oh, yeah. I was like, is this a Pearl Jam song? Like, who... You know, so, I mean, it was such a fucking knockoff. You know,
1: Trent Reznor, it's it's funny you say that because you, you've actually touched on the fifth pillar of yeah. why I fucking pillar hate five. this band. This is the last pillar. Um Trent Reznor once likened Scott Steff's voice to uh, uh, a guy who was competing with no one over who could sound the most like the Cookie Monster, um, which I think uh, was a was I a pretty the good. I think Cookie Monster
2: wins. Yeah, no,
1: exactly. That guy had a you know perfectly entertaining voice, um, but it was this like whining, whinging, desperate, angsty, fucking bullshit, um, and it like it just it flipped back and forth from trying to sound tough and triumphant and earnest. And those are all things I don't like. And godly, and godly. And godly.
2: <laughs> well, that was the other knock. I mean, there was some sort of odd. I, I mean, I think when you would, we were talking off, off line here about the fact that this was a band that either was Christian rock or Christian leaning, or I'm not sure what the definition is. But yeah, all did of you it not hear when I talked bad. about their album Human Clay? <laughs> and I think their by songs, the way,
1: their songs with see, arms wide open and higher, aren't they from I, Florida too?
2: Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say yeah before I know, but I will say much like Billy Joel's failed suicide attempt, I think uh, Mr. <laughs> Staff has been under some hard times. I think some videos have surfaced of him, um, you know, pleading for masturbating his
1: life. next to Kid Rock.
2: Uh, I think there was like a video <laughs> that came out where he was like desperate and uh, suicidal and, and people just turned it off.
1: It seemed like he'd be an
0: alcoholic, <laughs> but like an alcoholic that drank wine coolers. And they said, "Yeah, we that's wished- what
2: I'm saying." I think he was. I think he did like a whole like, "Help he's, me!" And, and the, people were like, "Nah." <laughs> he's the
1: moody, he's the moody, brooding guy by the bar at the Jimmy Buffett concert. <laughs> um, he, but he's yes.
2: responsible for the uh, yes,
1: they're a product. You are right, Wyndham of Florida State University. Ooh, so yeah. fuck Ooh. you.
2: Seven yeah, uh, yeah I, I'm happy that I was able to kind of hear them and, and tune them completely out of my life. And uh, you know, Christian, I get it though. They're fucking horrible.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh,
0: they also, um, in some way, shape, or form, and we won't need <laughs> to go too deep on this, but they they were um, made uh, big by a break that they got at the Wren's expense,
1: which makes I was it even say, worse. I was going to
2: bring that up. Yeah, and I, I don't know all the details, but they basically fucked over one of our favorite bands, and, and we're going to fight them for that.
1: Uh, and, and on top of that, I, that's funny, I actually didn't know that. Um, so, what what I literally felt was like truly, like all-consuming hatred has managed to just notch up like a level higher. Um, so yes, yes, you yes, can, they can take me higher. Um, <laughs> yeah. I would also like to point out that their band's original name was Naked Toddler. I don't really have a pillar for that. But Naked Toddler. Uh, yes. It's hmm. a
2: mess. <laughs>
0: Try try saving files under that on your computer.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the the metadata caused a few problems. I
2: think. See, I warned it again. Mm. Oh God! All right, I'm fucking angry. They fucking suck.
0: (laughs) It It is. I mean, it's it's both uh, it's both you know rage inspiring and cathartic to talk about this stuff. Yeah. So anyway, let's let's uh, let's listen to a little. Can you take me higher? And then we will come back. to the Brother 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 podcast Um, we have inducted three very deserving uh, artists and acts into the pantheon of heat and now we are going to move on to um, Kristen I think you had some you were going to give us a take on the new Justin Timberlake album and we were going to discuss the uh, Super Bowl halftime performance uh, that JT put out for us during um, an otherwise completely forgettable game
2: (laughs) Yeah,
1: I mean, I so I listen to Man of the Woods. Um, I have to say it's a little bit baffling, um, and I, I'm still, I, I think I should lead by saying I'm still a little bit undecided as to whether this is a failure of, of Timberlake himself or, um, you know, predominantly a failure of the sort of... Focus groups. ...marketing machine that puts Timberlake's music out there. Um, and I say that because, you know, the the album marketing... Pushed hard this notion that it was, you know, a sort of woodsy vibe, and Chris Stapleton was going to be on it, and um, he's wearing flannel, and he's from Tennessee originally. Before he was whisked away to L.A. by the Musketeers, um, and yet the first song that came out, "Filthy," was pretty classic Timberlake dance floor grooves and synths, right? Yeah, I mean, um,
0: yeah. I got the impression that he was sort of priming to take. His, you know, he was, he was going to age out of dance pop, which, you know, inevitably happens, and that he was going to age into some sort of hybrid country thing.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: Just a, yeah, deeper sort of introspective album.
1: All right, so let me, let me just, first of all, two major fucking strikes on this thing are the fact that he, like, includes, like, I, they would, I wouldn't call them found sounds, but, like, recordings of Jessica Beale and his toddler... Um, on this thing Naked in multiple toddler. places. Uh, I don't know whether it's Tyler at Clothes or not. I didn't feel comfortable Googling that. Um, but uh, I, I think that, you know, it, it, it that just like is not a great starting point. I mean, it tells you something about the sort of the state of mind and the fact that, you know, he was endeavoring to, to write an album about family, um, which is fine, but he doesn't know how to write songs. And I think he needs to remember that. Um, he's never done it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's not a strength of his. He's is he a, a co-writer
0: fucking, on this stuff? or is He's a
1: phenomenal a... entertainer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he is. Um, and, and that does, uh, you know, I think uh, wh- one issue is, is also just when you choose to go the country route, you've got to remember that that isn't a particularly forgiving genre when it comes to lyrics. Like, you are out there. Um, and while I still don't really know um, what the song Sexy Back is about beyond... The fact that he's he's bringing sexy back, I didn't know that it left. Um, but like neither did you know, Prince. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? It just like it's a good vibe. Like the song works. It's great. Um, I'm bringing Harry back. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. No. It, it, but I think you know. Ultimately, like, look, it, it became. The, it's it's a sort of. It's a frustrating listen, um, and I thought it was, like, it had this sort of, like, stylized, like, rustic shit that was clearly designed to harken back to, to Tennessee, um, and, you know, it, but it also sort of points out, it, unfortunately, it laid bare, I thought, sort of where the limits of his talent are. Um, and for a guy who has been so great on the pop scene for so long, like it's it's just disappointing to to I, uh, have him like to have the curtain pulled back. I on struggle
2: him like with that. great with Timberlake. I mean, like I like him. He's likable. I also was stuck with early Timberlake and NSYNC, and one of my first jobs was literally uh, being at an NSYNC concert four nights in a row. So you know, he did escape the boy band. World, He's, a, I think, a, a really funny guy, actually a, v- a very good actor, or good actor, um, and I love, like, his, his pop singles, I mean, Sexy Back and, and uh, Rock With Me, but they're, you know, they're, they're, when I think you mentioned Prince, obviously Michael Jackson, I mean, he's, he's really, like, rehashing shit that works. Like Bruno. Danceable. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Except without the really good example. Except Bruno Mars, I think has a little more just overall talent. Well, he's got musical talent. Yeah, Yeah, he can play. So this album, like to me, was just fucking boring. You know, it was like, if you're not going to do that, if you're not going to fart out, you know, too great. And I I think filthy is fine. I don't think it's anything close to those other singles. Um, If you're not going to like just pump out like a great danceable song, then, you know, don't bother. And I, I think this guy gets a little bit more critical acclaim and, and sort of, like, hype than he, he deserves in the music side. I mean, I think he's, like, become a persona. Everybody loves JT, right? I mean, he's, like, a fun... He's, like, the Yeah, Fallon, he did a you know, Box. Partnership. Yeah, Dick in a Box is fucking hilarious. And he's good at that
1: Alpha, stuff. He was good in the movie Alpha Dog.
2: Yeah, he was great in Social Network, I thought, as well. And, like, I just... Um, I just don't put that much like weight into a, the new JT album, you know, and I don't put that much weight into this kind of music's album, well, I think uh, genre I, in general either. Like, why are we listening to a whole JT album?
0: I think what's interesting here, though, is the complete miscalculation because I think it is a really um, sort of naked grab at um, from people who are kind of out of touch. Which is, you know, we're gonna we're gonna ratchet JT back. We he's he's conquered you know, the sort of hipster world. Let's see if he can conquer the red state world. Uh, we'll put him in, cam- you know, not to mention, you know, the fact that it's a tailored camo jacket and a $5,000, you know, uh, Dayglo, you know, orange T-shirt um, that he wore on Fallon last night. That's not his hunting gear? It is not actual hunting gear. Oh. Um, and it actually might be hunting gear for him but i mean he's hunting in. <laughs> in uh, but he's in hunting city in the, like, the yeah. fucking mall in <laughs> exactly. beverly hills yeah yeah so i mean I, it just seemed like a very um like a naked grab at at you know trying to recapture some you know audience that might have bled off by and you're talking well, super bowl performance i'm
1: talking about the yeah. album too because i think that's the perfect recipe to piss off hipster so the, the thing that was interesting about him was that he was a he was a pop star who did mainstream pop star shit but because he was pretty likable um because we all grew up with him everybody's sort of around my age between my age and, and jeremy's age say so, yeah um who edits pitchfork and stereo gum and every goddamn music public, music publication on the internet um like those people are you know he's a familiar face and Hey, we all liked Sexy Back. It's a fucking killer song. And Crime Your River is a great song. Um, but don't try and beat. Don't try and like. Game us. Yeah, don't yeah. win me over at my game. Like, you have your game, and we all kind we of like it. appreciate yeah. that. But don't come into my world and say you're going to make a better album than Bonnie Vare or, um, you know. Uh, it just, it doesn't, it, it like, or, or, you know, somebody like Flea Foxes, who has that sort of, like, semi-mainstream but but indie hipster appeal. Like, those are the kinds of groups that I think he was using as his point of reference for this. And, again, I think it was just a massive miscue, but, but as you say, kind of more by the label and by the people around him, probably, than by him.
0: None of the music references that stuff. I mean, this is all watered down, you know, um, highly produced, sheeny dance music. This isn't yeah, like... Yeah, that was uh, my disappointment. For the Chris Stapleton song, isn't really... Yeah, but I mean, that's you know that's what he's relying... Uh, well, that's, they're, what they're, they're they're that's what the about. image that he's trying to portray without actually having any music to back it up. But, you know, one thing I will say before, um, you know, uh, you guys grew up with him and then you grew up, you know, th- then he grew up into a likable person. You know, when I was younger and people were in boy bands, it was a... It was a life sentence, you know what I mean? Like, New Kids on the Block could never break it. Like, it doesn't matter if Donnie Wahlberg was the coolest guy on Earth or Jordan Knight was the coolest guy on Earth. Like, they couldn't break the it curse of Johnny. having been in New Kids. And Timberlake's the first person that ever did that. It was, I mean, it's like going way back well, and saying TV actors those... couldn't be in the movies and movie actors, you know, were slumming if they ever went and did TV. It's, um, you know, the the you were never allowed to graduate out of boy bandum into respectability except you know I mean Robbie Williams kind of did it but even so he was british you know this is like american you know uh boy band musketeer shit and all of a sudden there's Britney there's Justin there's uh Ryan Gosling you know was a musketeer um,
1: it was a I, a I didn't actually i didn't watch a lot of the Mickey Mouse Club myself. No, I didn't either, but I, I think
2: you're right. When, I and, don't, when was it on? Uh, I, mean, I don't It's still on. I, mean, I think the late on. 90s, mid yeah. to late 90s probably. That's when those guys were in it. But, like, I mean, it's true, and I think that, you know, I mean, you just look at the rest of NSYNC or Backstreet Boys. None of those guys have done shit, you yeah. know, and, and none of them are respectable. He is the guy who kind of rose above. But Well, Nick Carter came out. the most disappointing thing is just, I just found this album really boring. bland. Yeah, it's just like there's nothing that stands it's out. It's actually,
1: to me. I mean, more than anything, it's it's shocking to me that a, a comp. Like, I never relied on Justin Timberlake to to come through with these, like, anthemic dance songs. I just thought he sang on them and made them look. No, but amazing. the Trolls song was, was, you know, was like an upbeat.
0: You but know, what I'm confused with are... is the
1: fact that. Yeah, but this is, like, one of the few things that Pharrell's involved with that I also think is a little bit disappointing, right? Is Pharrell um, involved? I didn't even know. Yeah. Oh, they're both getting older. Yeah, and Timberland as well. Yeah. I mean, which has been his sort of, like, the other two pieces of his, you know, um, uh, success over the years. I mean, like, they they keep coming up with these, like, killer beats for him and find a way to sort of uh, to, to write him into these songs in a pretty special and cool way that, you know, his sort of persona, his... Um, character all of this stuff is really able to shine and like th- these are honestly like there's just some boring songs on yeah end. i mean the um, midnight summer jam and it could have been saved by frankly like two singles yep um, nobody would but, care
0: but that brings yeah, i mean just to circle back i mean you know and we don't need to dwell uh, for any length of time on the um super bowl halftime thing but i thought that was really safely played and boring as hell uh,
2: super boring i was actually excited to s- that he was playing the super bowl because i thought it'd be fun because he's, you know, he certainly has that kind of persona. And like we said earlier, he's, he's so likable. Even bringing out some guests or having, you know, some sort of excitement.
0: His concerts are really well choreographed, really well orchestrated. This just seemed like
2: yeah, it was too many bad. ideas
0: crammed into too short of a period of time with no execution whatsoever. It None of it felt like performance. It all felt like... Um, he was, you know, running around from one set to another and we were following him with well, a camera. Well, I was
2: watching with, uh, you know, 16-year-old niece who was just like, I think she mentioned, like, what is it? 2000? Is it the year 2000? I mean, she was just <laughs> making fun of the fact that, like, you know, what, what's new about this? Like, is this guy playing anything cool or new?
1: Yeah, but you could say the same thing when Prince comes out. I mean, what is this, you know, 20 years earlier? Like, the Super Bowl uh, is never going to go... Yeah, like, the I mean, Super Bowl is never yeah, going to book... Prince King. is a no, classic, no, no,
2: no, no, classic... No, no, no.
1: Yeah, Prince fucking rocked. When yeah, he, I mean, that, he did a phenomenal job. But I'm saying, like, you in terms of like which talent they're booking, they no, don't. They're tend always booking. They're not booking. No, but he a current stuff.
2: artist. But I mean, he, when Katy Perry played, she was current in the sense that she was playing her current hits. And but they, if you, you know,
0: if you took Jay, yeah, Justin Timberlake his, his, and and just did the, the his his you know suit and tie. Um, you know, whatever that Netflix concert special was, even if you just did that, that's a really good-looking piece of film. Um, This was just a weirdly, like, evasive... Like, I kept trying to pin down what he was about, what he was doing, and most of what
1: he was doing was running. Well, part (laughs) of it is that, I mean, the Super Bowl is not a place to debut your new, like, persona. Um, That's something that you feed into, like, the public sphere through a variety, like through your social media accounts through like performances on SNL all this kind of stuff and like you need to be doing that for weeks and weeks in advance of something like this so that people have a lock on what it is that this album's about he dropped this album on Friday and he performed at the Super Bowl on Sunday he still did a medley of his had, hits and it was botched and nobody had any idea of like w- what this was supposed to be and we all thought that he was dressed strangely and it just it didn't it didn't make sense and then there was there was the classic uh, the classic shot of that um, weird looking little kid who uh, looked up saw JT and clearly looked down at his phone and typed in who is this old man playing at the Super Bowl because he had no fucking idea
0: Uh, yeah I'm with him Uh, when did Justin Timberlake get old
2: (laughs) happens to us all
0: Um, all right so anyway you want to take a quick break and come back and end the show how we end every show
2: Let's do it. back to the brother 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 pod and we've uh, successfully talked about three artists we hate talked about JT's album which we're meh on and uh, we're going to end this how we end every episode on a, on a positive note so uh, Wyndham what are you listening to
0: I am listening
2: to I, I'm really digging the hookworms
0: new album micro shifts and um, kind of a big brass you know I mean kind of a big um Heavy synth, um, but with you know rock and roll leanings. I kind of feel like it's um, a little bit of sort of. I said to Christian earlier today, kind of feels like a Hot Chip and the Killers had a baby or something. Um, it's good anthemic rock in um, heavy uh, electronic kind of way. Almost, it's not anywhere near sort of as abrasive and and you know inventive as. Uh, Nine Inch Nails was way back, but it's edging more towards that than it is, um, you know, what you would call synth pop. So um, I really like the songs. I think they hold together really well. I'm excited to give it a a few spins, but so far, so good. It's Hookworms out of Halifax by way of Leeds, and I think uh, I'm very excited to see them when they finally tour the
1: U.S. this year. Nice. Christian, how about you? Um I've been listening to the new Migos album, Culture 2 um which came out a year to the day uh I believe from from their first uh from their first full length and um I've got to say like you know it's it, it reflects like a, a their first album basically came out after a couple of years of of performing together and and putting out singles together um and they felt tight they felt like a unit uh Culture 2, I think, has... I mean, it's got a couple of real standout tracks as far as I'm concerned. Um, they're still collaborating with Metro Boomin, who is, at 23 years old, the fucking hottest, like, uh, producer that exists on, you know, planet Earth. Um, this guy is extremely talented um, and uh, has, has you know, really helped, I think, sort of shape the, the trap genre over the last couple of years and, and bring it into the mainstream. Um but uh, but what was interesting about this was the way that their individual personas um, take off, Quavo and Offset have, have sort of uh, have have sort of started to to blossom and in some respects move in different directions. Um, that rather than um, you know being very tight and stylistically similar and sort of relying on that uh, that that triplet rhyme scheme that like is is so fascinating and and so original. Um, this is uh, you know a place where I think. Quavo has sort of started to, um, you know, explore his own sound a little bit and, and start toying around with, um, you know, some of his other, other talents aside from purely, uh, purely rapping to that scheme. Um, and, you know, similarly, I would say uh, Takeoff is the real shining star on this, and he's the youngest of the, of the three. Um, and he sort of stepped up and, and has, uh, I think, the, the best verses on the album. So I'm pretty excited. You know, I, I think the next move for these guys... They'll probably stick around and put out another album as Migos, but I think the next move for these guys is to start um you know you'll, you'll start seeing them individually on on features Guesting, uh, yeah yeah, exactly, and then they'll they'll sort of head their their solo directions so um but I think we've got like a potential rap superstar um in in this good uh takeoff, who I guess himself is is only about twenty one or twenty two sweet chair, what Thanks. are you listening to?
2: Um, I'm actually gonna flip out of the music world and into the T V land. And uh I'm uh I'm back into season two of High Maintenance on HBO. The um it's uh Ben Sinclair and uh I think Katya Blitchfeld am probably butchering her last name, but the creators.
1: husband and uh, wife.
2: Yeah, right. husband and wife, and uh the guy, right? The, the weed guy, guy plays. Yep, the weed guy. And I, I just I love this show. Like I uh it is I good. just yeah, I find it to be like I don't read I haven't read about season 2. I love season 1. I watched the web episodes and then when HBO picked it up and um they just have a really nice way of of cutting through slices of life. You know, I'm, I happen to be in Brooklyn tonight with with Christian, so um obviously in and around New York City and and a lot of it takes place in Brooklyn, but um, you know, it's got obviously the sort of funny weed bits and, and, you know, always centers around a delivery of, of weed via the guy. Um, but you know, it taps into these kind of, these really sometimes touching, sometimes funny, sometimes sad, um, stories uh, and slice of life stories. So, you know, it's, it's really my favorite kind of storytelling and I, uh, I've watched, I want to say they've put out four episodes thus far of, of season two, and I've watched three of the four, and season two is standing up um, just as great as season one was just thus far. Just
1: to contextualize this for anybody who hasn't watched it before, the, it, it originally came out on, um, it's a was it v, uh, Vivo or Vimeo? Uh, I
2: don't Vimeo. know what platform it was on. Yeah. It was yeah, Vimeo. Did watch it, yeah.
1: um, and it was a you know, web series exclusively. The episodes ranged anywhere from three or four minutes to, I think the longest was 16 minutes. Um, it was subsequently after that first season, which had about 15 episodes in it, uh, picked up by HBO and made a sort of uh, more consistently timed show. Um, I have to say, it, it's really interesting. I, I've, I loved it. When I, I watched the web series, I haven't really watched it since it came on HBO. Um, it's something that, it, interestingly, because it's built around this main character who is simply referred to as the weed guy, you know, a delivery man. Um, and each episode is sort of its own vignette, uh, about, uh, uh, the person who's, who's buying. Um, and it really, you know, it has nothing to do with, with, um, Weed. with the drugs really. It's, it's really just a, it's a question of, um, you know, finding a, an interesting way to get such a fly on strange the wall cross section yeah. of society. Yeah, exactly. Um, But the one thing about that is that because it doesn't have the same recurring characters, like, it's a little bit difficult for me. Like, I never think I want to watch it because I don't know who I'm signing up for. Um, And it's funny because I know that I'm going to like it when I do get around to it, but if I'm literally, you know, channel surfing through um, HBO or, or whatever's on demand, like, just the fact that you don't have, like, a an anchored connection to a certain group of people um, makes it a little bit tougher. But
2: yeah, no, it's one of those ones that I, w- yeah, I remember seeing that this season came out and kind of being like, oh, yeah, I like that show. But then once I turn it on, I'm going to watch all I'll of watch the a- shows. Yeah, exactly. I know I'm going to watch <laughs> all of them in a session because so. they're that good.
0: That was Christian's endorsement of For Friends. Um, <laughs> it's uh, What was I going to say? Oh. um are cheers, I- asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, asshole. Um, what, uh, what, what song you want to put on the top 10, uh, 8 billion top 10 songs of all time this week?
2: Um, I'll go. So um, this one was playing on my earbuds as I was taking the train over to uh, to Brooklyn and, and having this feeling post my, uh, my day job. I'm going to go with Torn and Frayed. Nice. By the uh, Rolling Stones off XL Main Street. <laughs> Sweet, Christian choice.
1: I'll take it a different direction. Um, Can you I'm take me the- higher? Oh, oh.
2: Uptown Girl. Oh.
1: Um, I should do that just to spite you. <laughs> no. um,
2: They're not allowed.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the other rule that I'm making up right this second, which is that anything from the Pantheon is obviously not allowed on the playlist. Nah. Um, Midnight City by M83. Nice. nice.
0: I, I that's a great song. It like kind of falls between the cracks a little bit. No, what I was going to say um, about the, the uh, high maintenance is that I'm in Los Angeles at the moment, and uh, recreational marijuana is legal here. Your weed's so not
2: being delivered via bicycle. I'm wondering <laughs> if
0: season three is going to be the guy on the unemployment line. So we, we will find out. I'm going to throw on uh, a favorite of mine from the 70s, which is right down the line by Jerry Rafferty.
2: All right.
0: And um, I was really happy that we were able to uh, initiate the Pantheon of Hate. It's been a long time brewing, it's and
1: it's been fun, fun talking. A long, a long time just cooking. Um, like, yeah, no, never have I had so much fun spending an hour shitting on stuff I don't like um, with, with you guys. So that was it's a good real to, pleasure. It's good to find an
0: outlet for our collective simmering rage. So um, <laughs> there you go. Let's, uh, we'll, we'll do it again next week. Thanks so much. I'm Wyndham Lewis. On behalf of my brothers, Jeremy Sartorian, Christian Lewis, thank you very much for listening to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. Many thanks also to our heroic producer, Damian Kendall, and to Simon Doom for our epic intro music. Learn more about the pod at brotherpod.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and it's extremely helpful if you rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.